So today we're going to pick up where we left off last week. We started a brand new series that we entitled uh, Life Hacks. Now, if you know anything about life, how many of you know that life is not supposed to be complicated? You ever thought about that? Life is not supposed to be complicated. I know what some of you Bible scholars are thinking. Well, Jesus said that in this life, uh, we will have trials and troubles, uh, right? That's all right. He did say that. But you see, trouble is one thing, and how we respond to it is what complicates it. So life is not meant to be complicated. Now, if you think about a life hack, a life hack is, 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 is a, some sort of tip, a technique of some sort for accomplishing a task more easily, for uh, getting more efficient results. And here's the truth. How many of you would, would agree that we all want the shortest distance to the hardest things? Right? Would you agree that easy, right? We want easy, right? Go ahead and tell somebody, I want easy, right? Yeah, we want easy. We do want easy, right? But the thing about it is this, that God has given us a life hack. And it's why we're looking to the book of Proverbs for the rest of this series. Because the book of Proverbs is God's inspired word to us that teaches us how wisdom applies to our life. And you see, wisdom really does simplify life. It doesn't mean that we won't have troubles. It doesn't mean that we won't encounter difficult situations. But what it does mean is that we will have wisdom of God, which helps us how to, uh, which teaches us how to navigate through it all and make it to the other side. Now, one of the greatest challenges to following the wisdom of God is our natural inability to hear his voice. Notice what I said, our natural inability to hear his voice. My point with that is simply this. Have you ever said to God, God, why don't you just give me the answer? Oh, this is the wrong serve. Okay, okay, nobody's had that experience here, right? God, why, why aren't you speaking to me? Right? I mean, after all, he is God, and God should be able to just tell me. And what we want is for God to just go, Jose. Right? Daddy. Right? Mira. Acaso. That's what we want, right? We just want God to just speak. Right? But the real issue is, right, I love that kid. My man. <laughs> but see, we can all relate to this frustration, right? Because after all, he's God and he should be able to just speak to us and we just want answers. But let me propose to you that our frustration is self-imposed. Let me tell you why I say it's self-imposed. Because the issue isn't if God is speaking. It's if we're listening correctly. It's if we're listening correctly. Today, now for those of you that have been here any length of time, you know that I'm infamous for saying this. I, I'm not here to give you an opinion. But that matters more so even today because today I want us to lean into the heart of God as we look to the scriptures and we learn on the topic of wisdom speaks. Wisdom speaks. The scriptures tell us, uh, they give us example of people who audibly heard God's voice. That does happen. It has happened. It can happen. It really can. But the truth is that it is not the primary way that God speaks to us. And I don't want to give you an opinion here. There's much scripture that I could give you that confirms this. But I want to just point to one. Proverbs chapter 2, starting at verse 1, says, My son, if you do what? If you accept my words. If you accept my words and you do what? You store up my commands. Right? Within you, it goes on to say, turning your ear to what? To wisdom. 
and applying your heart to understanding. Now, we got to pause right here, right, right now, because this is one of these moments. It's a mic drop moment. Let me tell you why. Because what we're seeing here is that if we're going to hear wisdom, it requires that we turn our ear to wisdom. And according to the scripture, it tells us how. By accepting God's words and storing up his commands within us. Listen closely. In the Hebrew, when it tells us if we accept his words, what it's actually saying is if we take from his words and we carry it off. But then it tells us that we're supposed to store up his commands. In other words, we take from his word, we see the truth, we discern its commandments. It, it, it gives us a life hack, so to speak. It gives us instruction, and now what we're supposed to do is store it up. And in the Hebrew, when it talks about storing up, it's referring to taking it as treasure and adding that value to yourself. And my friend, that only happens by application. I want you to notice that the scripture tells us that wisdom requires that we turn our ear to hear it. That we turn our, hear, our ear to hear it, which infers that wisdom is the language of God. Let me say that again. Wisdom is the language of God. God speaks through the wisdom that he provides us in the scriptures. So question, why do we turn away from God's wisdom? Why do we overlook it? Why is it that we just go, oh, it's just so hard to read the Bible? I don't get it. Just tell me, pastor. Right? Why do we do that? And I think that one of the reasons, one of the common reasons is that we believe that hearing about God is the same as hearing from God. Hearing about God is the same thing as hearing from God. In other words, we prefer to just have someone tell us about God instead of us having a personal encounter with God. And that's the invitation that you and I, that everyone has. It's an invitation from God to glean from his wisdom, to discern the direction that he's providing us by the wisdom that his word reveals to us. Now, if you were like me, when you were a kid, right, you probably played a game called, uh, what's the name of this game? The telephone game? Remember that telephone game? Yeah. Well, you used to get all giddy. We're going to play the telephone game, okay? And you, you go into somebody's ear and they spit in your ear. <laughs> right? And then they would go and spit in the next person. <laughs> right? Because we're so excited. And it would go all the way down the line. And the message you received never was the one that you ended up getting at the end. Why? Because a lot gets lost in translation, friends. And my point with that is this, that if we prefer to hear about God, we will always miss the truth that God wants to speak to us. Now, I can't speak for other places, but I will tell you that here in this house, we are very careful to always encourage you, go back to the scriptures. There's a reason why we have an app. There's a reason why we encourage you to take notes. There's a reason why we post these things online. There's a reason why we're providing you resources because you and I must personally dig into the word of God to experience God. Amen? How many of you believe that today? Come on, give God praise if you believe that. So the Bible records... A moment in the life of a guy named Samuel who ended up being one of the greatest prophets and leaders in all Israel. And Samuel was just a boy at this time. Now, just, just some background on his story. Samuel, 
uh, was dedicated to the Lord from a young age, and his mother had made a vow that if God gave her a son, that she would give him back to the Lord, and that she would leave him in the service of the house of God. And so she has this son, and the time comes where she now takes her son, and she gives him over to the service of the Lord. In other words, she leaves him in the care of the high priest. And Samuel, from a young age, grew up witnessing the the, the, the worship unto God, prayers unto God, the sacrifices that were made unto God, the incest. He, he grew to know about God, to, to, to glean about things from God. And he learned this primarily to a, through, through this guy named Eli, who was the high priest at this time. But then one day, God wants to get up close and personal. Now, granted, God speaks to him audibly here. He misses it. But I want you to see the main point here. Let me read this to you, right? God was trying to get Samuel's attention, but every time he spoke, Samuel missed him, and we're going to see why. 1 Samuel 3, verses 4 and 5 tells us that uh, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. Now watch verse 5. And he ran to who? To Eli. And he said, Here I am. Who called me? You called me. But Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. And so he went and lay down. My point with this is this. Three times the Lord was trying to get his attention. And because he had grown conditioned to know about God through Eli, he depended upon Eli to hear from God. Friends, my point with this is simply this, that God wants to meet you and I up close and personal. And it's for that reason that he gives us his wisdom. His wisdom. His wisdom. And so I myself almost missed my calling doing the same thing. Look, this isn't one of those where, you know, you go, well, you know, man, I, I, I'm guilty of that. I just kind of just want to hear what the pastor has to say. I want to hear what that next hot preacher has to say. You know, I want to follow this cool person. I want to go by what I'm seeing on social media. I get it. Look, I've been there too. I've been there too. But I almost missed my calling because of that because I remember years ago we lived in the city and we were living in the city and, and the time came where, you know, God just began to, began to stir up that it was time to move. We had been faithfully serving in a church for about six, seven years at that time. We were heavily involved in the ministry. We led the, 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 the teen department. You know, we worked in the community. There was a lot that we did. We were very involved. Our kids were very involved. And so the time came where it was time to move on, but I wasn't feeling that. Right? My wife comes and she says, this is what I sense the Lord. And I was like, yeah, I'll pray about that. I was in praying Jack. I wasn't. I didn't pray at all, right? And, you know, we would argue and she would cry. And she would say, yeah, I just sense the Lord leading us this way. And, and, and I was like, look, I'm not going anywhere. Why? Because suddenly over the years, I began to fall into this, slip into this little crevice, this little crack where I got stuck that I believed and I trusted so much what my pastor said what the church did and what I saw within the confines of a people called the church, right? Because the church is not a building. The church is a people, right? I, I, I was so moved by that that I stopped personally going to God. And so the day comes where this came to a head, right? Been praying about this. We, and all of a sudden, I, you know, I, I get some direction and I realize it is time to move. And I also learned this, that the Holy Spirit kind of sounds a lot like my wife, right? <laughs> He really does, you know. Come on and give it up for women that can hear God, right? Come on. God works through all people, yeah, amen, right? And so 
I get it. All right, it's time to go. So we go to the pastors. We tell them, and they go, oh, man, you know, that's, we're so great. But what about the church? It tells you a lot about their heart. But in my, in my response was, oh, no, pastor, we're going to be traveling 60-plus miles every Sunday and Wednesdays and whenever you need us, right? That was my plan. And so one day, a couple of weeks after that, the pastor has a guest speaker. I won't mention his name, but the guest speaker comes over to the church, and uh, he preaches, you know, and all that. And so I was the guy who kind of was the first guy coming in and the last guy going out. So I'm tidying some things up, locking up. Nobody's in the building. And as I'm walking out, I see pastor pull up with, with our, the guest speaker of that day. And uh, he says, oh, such and such forgot something. He's just going to run. And so he runs in. I wait. And as he comes out, all of a sudden, he gets this mystical look on his face. Gets like real spiritual. It was like just this divine moment for him. And he goes, thus saith the Lord, man of God. If you leave the side of this man in this ministry, it will be for the destruction of you and your family. Do you know what that did to me in that moment? At that very moment, I went home. And I told my wife, I don't care that we are in contract and we're going to lose money. We're not moving. I was distraught. If it wasn't because of wise counsel and men and women of God around me and because my wife strongly encouraged me to go back to the word, I realized that's not a prophet. That's a prophet liar. That's a liar. The scripture says that you will know a prophet by what he says if it comes to pass. Well, let me tell you, that lie, is, it, it's been exposed. Right? Now, the reason why I share that with you is because we cannot expect to hear God as long as we want to hear from people first. We cannot expect to hear from God if we want to hear from people first, friends. And God is inviting us through wisdom to hear from him, gain understanding, to learn how to discern the times and what's going on around us so that we can walk with him personally. And so for the next couple of moments that I have, I want to just propose to you a couple of things that will encourage your faith, but also merit that we reflect upon it and apply it. Because how many of you know what good is it to hear truth, to receive truth, and not do anything with it, Amen. right? It becomes a lie. Not that the truth is a lie, but we discredit it and we, we dismiss the truth. And so we begin to live a lie. God wants us to hear his word and do something with it. So the first point that I want to encourage you with to consider and to also apply is that wisdom belongs to those who treasure it. Let me say that again. Wisdom belongs to those who treasure it. Right? Hearing the wisdom of God, hearing from God is not contingent upon wanting wisdom let me let me clarify what i'm saying there listen you could want wisdom and desire wisdom from god until you are blue in the face right i think we've all been there god i just need your wisdom god just give me wisdom god wisdom wisdom i just need wisdom could you pray for me for some wisdom could you lay some oil on me for some wisdom could you fast so that i can have wisdom and i'm going to fast and i'm going to do all these things that god might provide me wisdom and desiring wisdom is not what makes it available to us. It's contingent upon the extent to which we treasure it and search for it. Let me show you that from scripture. 
Proverbs 2, we're going to go back to verses 1 and 2, and then we're going to skip to verses 4 and 5. says, my son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, right? goes on to say, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. And if you look for it, watch this, if you look for it, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for what? Hidden treasure. Hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord. That's talking about reverence and devotion and worship unto God. Um, and then you will find the knowledge of God. Now, if we just consider what the scripture is telling us, what we're seeing is that according to the word of God, the one who looks for wisdom as silver, in other words, as something valuable, and searches for it as hidden treasure is the one who finds it. Let me ask you a question. Anybody want to guess kind of what I'm holding in my hand? Right? right? A treasure box, right? Some of you might say treasure. I assure you it's not treasure. Right? I wouldn't be showing you this if it was treasure. Right? But you get my point. No, because I know some of you, man, you know, you might. You might. No, let me stop. <laughs> let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. The fact that you're laughing says a lot about you. <laughs> you would call this treasure, right? You would say, oh, that's treasure. But let me show you what the word says. Let's go back to verses 4 and 5. It says, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure. Listen to what the scripture is saying. We call this a Bible, and that might be the title it holds, right? We might call it the Word of God, and it is the Word of God. But the Word of God refers to itself as treasure. 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 The Scripture says, Jesus said, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. And listen closely, friends we got to ask ourselves this question. What do we actually treasure? Man, if, if you look at verse 5, what, what it tells us is that when we treasure the word of God, and not only treasure it, but it says that we search for it like hidden treasure. You know what that means? You know how you search for hidden treasure? Oh, you got to dig for it. You got to go deep. See, we, we, can't, we can't skim past it. We can't just read it like a book. We, we can't do that. No, we have to treasure it as God's word specifically to us. Let me put it to you plainly. This is more than a book. This is more than just a book that holds the title called Bible. This is God speaking to you speaking to you and I'm telling you this because I have tried this and I have proven this I know what it is to be not just at the bottom of the barrel under the barrel I know what it is to break every relationship burn every bridge I know what it is to hurt people I know what it is to have your family walk out on you and give up on you and have the church give up on you and tell you there's no more salvation for you young man I know what that is why 
because I know what it is to live without wisdom. And I also know what it is to look to the scriptures, the holy scriptures, God's spoken, revealed word to me, to you, to us personally, and to begin to treasure it and apply it and trust in it. I stand here today not because I'm better than anyone. Don't get it twisted. Don't let that pastor title fool you. No, I'm here today by the grace of God and because treasure produces a treasure in our lives. God wants to add treasure to you. Man, somebody needs to hear that, man. Maybe you're online, maybe you're in the house. I'm telling you right now, you have been digging for the wrong things. You've been searching for the wrong things. And here God is saying, I have wisdom for you. Wisdom for you. And oftentimes we missed God's word. We miss, we miss God's wisdom because we don't value it. We don't value it. See, God's wisdom comes in the form of his word and, it is, and, and its value is released to us when we treasure it above all. Above all. Treasure it above that man. I know this is going to challenge some parents. Treasure it above your kids. Treasure it above your paycheck. Yeah. Treasure it above your religious appearance. Because this is the one treasure that produced treasure unto you and I. Right? The second point I want to give you here is that God's wisdom comes with help. God's wisdom comes with help. Let me tell you what I'm talking about. How many of us truly, I mean, like, look, if this is you, like, be loud and proud of it, right? Right? Like, I mean, like, like super loud, right? Like, like, like crazy loud. Like, if you want to just get your crazy praise on you, I mean, you could do that, right? You could, do, you could jump, you could, you could hoot, you could holler. I'm okay with that, right? Right? Hey, listen, David did it, you know, unashamed, right? Not like that, though, right? <laughs> but how many of you here truly have a desire to live life according to God's wisdom. Oh man, I love it. Woo! That was just a tad weak. But no, let me stop. Let me stop, right? Yes, right? But now let's be honest with ourselves. How many of you can agree that's not easy? It's not easy. It's not easy. It almost feels impossible. And I'm right there with you because none of us can do it on our own. Let me tell you why. Let me point you back to the scriptures. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares who? The Lord, right? Verse 9 goes on to say, As the heavens are what? Higher than the earth, so are my ways what? Higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So I want you to think about what the scripture is saying to us here. God's saying, my ways, my thoughts, my wisdom, my purposes are higher than your thoughts. And it tells us in the scripture, as high as the sky. Now, you got to keep in mind the context here and the timing. There were no planes back then. So I imagine that people would look up and go, man, it's such a beautiful sky. I just wish I could touch those clouds, what's my point with that? You need a plane to do that. And here's what God's word is telling us. 
My ways are not your ways, and my thoughts are not your thoughts. You can't reach them on your own. You can't attain them on your own. And thus what we see is that we need help. We need help to walk in the wisdom of God. We need help to live this life of faith. Right? See, God understands that we live in a world that is loud and he understands that our minds are even louder. He understands how our past taints our ability to experience a new life with him according to his wisdom. He understands our propensity to trust in what we hear and what we see all around us. And hence, he's given us a hearing. He's given us help. And some of us, you may be familiar with this help, some of us not. But the point is this, that we actually have help. The thing is, some of us don't know it. Listen to the words of Jesus. John 14, starting at verse 15, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commands. Right? Keep my commands. And then he goes on to say, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to do what? To help you and be with you forever. Now, I want to pause right there for a moment. Let's just leave that up. Because what I want us to consider is that the scripture is telling us, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. But then he goes on to say, and I will ask the Father, go back please, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. Why would we need help? Why is he giving us one who advocates for us, even when we drop the ball and we're dead wrong, we still remain the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Why do we need help? Let me tell you why. Because if you just back up just a couple of words, what we'll see is that we needed to keep his commands. Amen. We can't do this on our own, friends. That's called religion. That's called religion. Religion. Yeah, legalism. Yeah, that's what that's called. When we just try to do this on our own. And what we're seeing is that we, we have help. And so verse 17 introduces us to this helper. It tells us that his name is the spirit of what? Of truth. And the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he lives in you and will, he lives with you and will be in you. He will be in you. He is in you. This promise has been fulfilled. Friends, the very spirit of God is among us. He is with you. He is in you. The scripture says that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Thus, this is why the apostle Paul says, it's no longer I who live. It's Christ that now lives in me. Friends, this ain't about you. The old you is dead and gone. But there's a new you, one that's joined to Christ, made in the image of God that we have yet to discover for some of us. And that's where this help resides. And I love what Jesus goes on to say in verse 18 because he says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And you know what that means today? I have come to you. Here's the good news. If you're a child of God, if you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have help. But here's the truth for you who may not know God or maybe you're not, you don't have a relationship with Christ. You're not a follower of Christ. There's good news for you too. There is help available to you. Because, see, wisdom is for everyone. Last time I checked, the scripture says that God so loved who? The world. The world that he gave his son. This is for each and every one of us. 
And so his spirit is in us, and this spirit which is in us is called the spirit of truth. And I want you to notice that Jesus says that we are to keep his commands, that we need that help. But to avail ourselves of this help, we must learn how to accept his help so we can truly walk in wisdom's ways. And we have to look to the words of Jesus again in John 16, verse 13, where he says, But when he, the spirit of who? Truth, comes, he will do what? He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth, right? And he will not speak on his own. What, he, what will he do? He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Let's leave that verse up for a moment. I want you to consider that the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Listen closely. Do not miss this point. The Holy Spirit does not guide us according to feelings. The Holy Spirit does not guide you according to the opinion of men. The Holy Spirit does not guide you according to popular culture. Right? The Holy Spirit does not guide you according to CNN or MSNBC or Fox News Network. Right? The Holy Spirit does not guide you next, uh, according to the next influencer on Instagram or on TikTok. No, the Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. Now, Pastor, what about, you know, the, the person who speaks to me in wisdom from God? That's true. There are people that can actually give you wise counsel, point you to wisdom. But that wisdom will always point you back to the word. Always to the word. Not an opinion. Always to the word. Always to the word. And so he guides us into all truth. But why does he guide us into all truth? Because he, he wants to tell us, he wants to teach us how to do it. But he also wants to teach us and prepare us for what is to come. So here's the point in all this. The reason why we need to read the word of God often is not because... It's something to check off so that we feel good about doing something for God. No, the reason why we read the word of God often, we should read the word of God often, is because there's treasure. And that treasure, my friend, prepares us. See, you don't know what's ahead, but when you know the word of God, and you begin to encounter God personally, when you begin to read the word of God for God and not for a checkbox, right? When we begin to read the word of God, not to know about God, but to know God personally, right? What begins to happen is this. It begins to prepare us in such a way that we can now discern because the truth is this, that the scripture is the only language that God speaks. This is your deciphering tool to hear God. This is our deciphering tool. It is our deciphering tool. I remember years ago when we started the church. Some of you who've been around, you've heard me share this at some point. I'll tell you quickly. We started this church. We left a very prominent church, uh, very, very, you know, operated at a high level of ministry as youth pastors, and it was great. And then we, felt, we sensed God leading us to step out. But we didn't just go by a feeling. No, we had a word from God. And we had already seen this city eight years prior to that. We just forgot about it. And then God begins to, you know, kind of speak to me, speak to us, and he begins to remind us, according to Isaiah, that he's going to take us to a city that's a deserted place, right? A city where, 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 where it's barren. 
And, and what we began to see from the book of Isaiah was that God was leading us to this city for a reason. And that has proven true many times over to, to date. Many times over. I applaud what God is doing through you now in this city and beyond. But let me tell you something, church. So we had this word from God, so we step out. The problem is we didn't have a launch team. We knew nothing about starting a church on our own. We knew nothing. We, 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 we had no check. <laughs> we had no money and we had no jobs, right? And so my wife and I were simultaneously wrestling with this. God, how do we do this? You said, but God, how do we do this? How does this begin? And so one day my wife comes to me and she asked me the same question I was about to ask. She says, what do we just do? And that morning, preparation had been taking place. Because I was looking into the word of God, not for any rhyme or reason, just in my own personal time. And I happened to be reading on the life of Abram. And Abram had just given up a large amount of riches, spoils from a battle. The reason why he gave it up is because he didn't want the king in whose, hand, in whose land he had lived to have any say where he could say, I've the, I'm the one who's blessed you and enriched you. So he gives it up. Genesis 15 verse 1 reveals something powerful about what was really going on in Abram's heart. The scripture says that God said to him, Abram, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. I'm your exceedingly great reward. And at that moment I understood, God, you've called us to step out. And I'm here worrying about finances. I'm here worrying about how we're going to do this. I'm here worrying about how we're going to start a church when we've told no one. Well, later on that day, you know, I, I shared that with my wife and all that, and, and we were encouraged, but I, I, I recognized, I was saying to the Lord, Lord, I know this to be true, but I also know that you call us to be co-laborers in Christ. So what's our part? And then at that moment, a scripture rose up in me. Ooh, God spoke to him. He did. He did. Because what I heard was simply this. This is what came to mind. What's in your hand? And I said, I know that to be true. I know that's a scripture. So I began to dig in the word, landed in Exodus chapter 4, where uh, uh, Moses and the people of Israel are pinned between the Red Sea and the Egyptians. And he's saying, God, what are we supposed to do? And God says, what's in your hand? And at that moment, as I began to meditate on that, I realized I've got all these years prior to ministry in, in executive nonprofit management. I've got all this experience working with programs, developing programs, working with people, working with municipalities. I've got all this experience working with kids and leading departments and all this other thing. And I realized, God, you're calling me to use these skills. And later on that night, out of a conversation that developed with a friend who happened to call me, who opened the door for me, a consulting company was born that night just through a conversation. God showed me, I'm going to use you. You're going to start this company. But at the same time, the church is going to begin to, raise, to be raised up. For two and a half years, we made more than we did together working in ministry. God provided for everything. The kids were still in college. The house was paid for. The dog had food. The insurance was paid. We were good. Why? Because we had a word from God. Friend, if you have the wisdom of God, you are enriched indeed. There is nothing else you need but wisdom from God. Don't take for granted the opportunity that you have every day in reading God's word. 
Don't take for granted meditating on the word of God because as you read it, friends, it's preparation. Because the more you become acquainted with this word, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, you'll be able to hear his voice. You know what the problem is? We're so acquainted with the language of this world that when the Holy Spirit speaks, for, you, for those of you that don't speak Spanish, lo entienden de esta manera. Yo les estoy hablando en español y ustedes ni saben lo que yo estoy diciendo. What did I say with that? I'm here speaking to you in Spanish and you can't even understand what I'm saying. Why? Because you're only familiar with English. If we're only familiar with the language and the ways of this world, we will not discern the wisdom of God. We need the word of God. The last point I want to leave you with here as we close is that decisions are really an opportunity to hear God speak. Let me say that again. Decisions are really an opportunity to hear God speak. Now, let me just be very clear. I'm not talking about you being in the supermarket and going, which pack of meat do I pick? That's not what I'm talking about. Come on, let's not be so spiritually minded that we're no earthly good, right? I'm talking about decisions that require wisdom. I'm talking about what part do I play in the process of reparation in this marriage? I'm talking about how do, I, how do I teach my kids and how do I relate to my children and how do I, how do I show them the way? I'm talking about how, how do I make these decisions financially, not just for my future, but also for the kingdom and for people to be generous. I'm not talking about giving just to the church. I'm talking about being someone who thrives in area of your life. How do I lead a business? How do I become a community leader? How do I influence people wherever I go? See, those decisions matter. And what we fail to realize is that in the midst of all the decisions of life, the ones that require wisdom, true wisdom, God is speaking there. Let me show you that from Scripture. Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 20, says, Wisdom calls out in the street. Now, it's interesting because in the Hebrew, the word street there, what it denotes is it's a place, it's an avenue, it's a, it's a thoroughfare, it's where everyone walks. You know what this is referring to? Everyone's walking on this journey of life. And wisdom calls out there. It calls out to you. It calls out to me. It calls out to those who are near to God. It calls out to those who are far. It calls out to the broken. It calls out to the whole. It, bro it calls out to us all. And wisdom calls out in the street. And watch what else wisdom does. She raises her voice in the public squares. The public squares refer to what was known in those days as the marketplace. And the marketplace was an important place, not just because you went shopping there, but because that's where everybody connected. That's why you started talking about fulanito and you gossiped, right? You talked about life and you talked about your kids and you talked about Torah and you talked about this and that. It's where people were connecting. What's my point with that? It's where people gleaned input from people. And my friends, that's where most of us tend to go for wisdom. We seek wisdom from people. You know what the problem is with that? Like me, like you, like all people, we fail. Like me, like you, like all people, we are limited in our understanding. See, wisdom is speaking. And it speaks to each and every one of us 
in the place where we're seeking input from people. And then the scripture tells us in, in Proverbs uh, uh, 120 that she cries out above the commotion. She speaks at the entrance of the city. When it refers to the entrance of the city, it's talking about the entrance of the city gates. In, in the Hebrew, it, 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 it's, it uh, gives us this definition. It's the beginning for all things. It's where it all opens up. You know what that is? That's the place of choice. That's the place of decision. And why is this important? Because God says to us in verse 21, how long, foolish ones, will you love ignorance? What the scripture is saying here is that for you who decide, I don't want wisdom from God. I got this. I'll follow the norms. I'll follow the news. I'll trust in my own strength. I'll trust in those letters behind my name. I'll trust in my experience. I'll lean upon my own understanding. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know, for that person, here's what the scripture says, you love ignorance. Let me tell you why. Because you despise your maker. You despise the one with the blueprint for life. And so it says, how long do mockers enjoy, how, how long will you mockers enjoy mocking and you fools hate knowledge? Verse 22, if you respond to my warning, then I will pour out my spirit on you and I will teach you my words. I will teach you my words. See, the issue isn't God. The issue isn't that God is withholding anything from us. I love what this passage that we just read tells us because it tells us that wisdom cries above the commotion you know what that commotion is it's the noise of life it's the noise of our worries it's the noise of our challenges it's the noise of of of, of what we see going on around us it's the noise of what fills our heart and our minds it's the noise of everything that crowds, uh, you know, our lives. And you say, oh, I'm good because I've got all these friends. I've got all this money. That's noise. It's noise. You know why? Because that comes, but it also goes. And wisdom cries above those. Why? Because wisdom wants you to hear. And on a very practical level, the best way to hear the wisdom of God, friends, is to quiet down in every that produces noise in the heart. Let me ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning, don't miss this holy moment with God, man. When you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking about? When you lay to sleep, what are you thinking about? As you go throughout your day, what is that thing that keeps I mean, it's just loud. It resounds in your life. It could be your future. It could be challenges. It could be your marriage. It can be whatever it is. And, and here's what God's saying. That's noise. That's noise because I know you have decisions to make. But my wisdom is here speaking. I am speaking to you. I have something to say to you. I have wisdom for your life. Friends, when we begin to quiet things down, you know how we do that? We begin to detach. It's time to detach. 
detached, but also be intentional about raising the volume on wisdom. How do we do that? Man, take intentional time to look to the Word of God specifically. Be intentional about it, right? Maybe you have a challenge in your marriage. What does the Scripture teach us about marriage? What does the Word have to say about my family? Maybe it's just I'm just studying to know the character of God. Whatever it is, we're digging for treasure. We're being intentional about finding the nuggets of wisdom that God has laid up for us. And when you quiet everything down and you just dig and dig and dig, what you will find is treasure that adds value to your life. And friend, you will walk in the wisdom of God. You know, they say that in life, sociologists say that in life, the average person faces, makes between five and seven decisions that are life-changing. They're destiny makers, whether it's for the good or for the bad. Here's my point with that. Whenever those decisions come, we don't necessarily know that they're life-changing. Hence, we need wisdom. We're not just any wisdom. We need the wisdom of God that's speaking to our lives. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.